We are going to be uh, picking up from where we left off. Uh, we're in the book of First Samuel. Uh, we're going to be looking at the 17th chapter, uh, but we have some additional scriptures tonight, just one or two that the Lord laid on my heart. God woke me up. I woke up early this morning before five o'clock. I just woke up out of my sleep and all I could hear were the words, grace ignites faith. And I laid there and I said, okay, well, maybe I'll just, uh, you know, you have, can you wake up and you wake up early? I happened to look over at the clock and I said, my goodness, it's like 4.30. Quarter to, I'm saying, so I, I closed my eyes for a little bit longer. I, I try to at least in my eyes. My eyes spring open and uh, all I could hear was grace ignites faith. And I said, okay, I got to get up, got to get up. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up. I'm getting up. I brushed the covers off and uh, just went into my prayer closet and just began, you know, I sat down at my desk. Actually, this time I sat down at my desk and I said, Lord, whatever you have to say to me, I'm, I'm open to hear. And the scripture that came to mind is the one that's found in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 8. And that scripture reads, and it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. And I said, okay, God, what are you saying? And I know we have been talking about David and how David has been we now, when we left off last, David had just got down to the battle site. Uh, he had followed the instructions of his father to go and check on his brothers and to salute those that are in authority. And we walked through and how David prepared himself uh, just by being obedient. He was responsible with the things that had been entrusted to him. You know, those few sheep, as his brother said, Eliab told him, yeah, where'd you leave those few sheep that you were responsible for? So we know that David did the right thing. He left him in the hands of a keeper. And we said on last week that it is important that we don't uh, make light of or belittle the things that God entrusts to us because it does not seem significant in the light of other things or where we think God is about to take us. Uh, there's a scripture that says, despise not small beginnings. Sometimes we want to hit, uh, as you would say, center stage to say, well, God, I'm ready to do a little bit more. But you have to trust the timing of God, have to trust the timing of God. You don't want to do as the old folks used to say, you don't want to put the cart before the horse because you're eager or you find yourself being anxious um, and jumpy, just waiting to say, I got to do, I got to do. But. God has a timing uh, and the scripture that we looked at says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you having sufficiency in all things will be able to abound to every good work. God has a timing. He has a plan. And if we would submit ourselves to the plan of God, then we can find ourselves doing the will of God. So we're going to pick up and, uh, I had a situation, uh, I was in my office and I was sitting down and um, a clock, I looked up and I had been reading something. I looked up and 
thinking it was a certain time and I noticed that the clock had stopped. I was like, okay, what's going on? So I thought, okay, let me change the battery, you know. Didn't think anything about it, so I reached over, got a battery, and this is the office at home. So I, I took the clock down and changed the battery and said, okay, I'll just hang the clock back up. Simple thing to do, simple thing to do. And I went to hang the clock up and could not get it lined up to the uh, nail or the screw that was coming out of the wall. I'm thinking, okay, so I'm sitting there wrestling with it, and I said, okay, I'm going to bed. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll worry about that later. So I got up this morning, and I said, okay, let me try to hang this clock back up now because, you know, when you have things in place, you know, you want things to stay that way because it helps you with your workflow. So I uh, pick up the clock that I had laid down to the side, and I picked the clock up, and I said, let me try to hang this clock again because it's interfering with me now because I'm thinking, you know, I can keep an eye on time so I you know, when you get sometimes when you're studying, you get deep into the word or reading, uh, you may lose track of time and you don't want to be late for work. So I picked up the clock and went to hang it up and could not get it lined up again. And just as clear as I could hear my own voice, um, I heard the Lord just say, close your eyes. I'm like, close my eyes. How much, you know. And I know we don't always question everything that we hear, but sometimes things just don't sound like, you know, it's kosher. So he's close your eyes. I said, okay, I'm closing my eyes. And now he said, now reach up and hang the clock up. I said, but I can't see. I can't see the nail. He said, you know, so I'm trying, I'm moving around. And he just said, you got to exercise your faith. And I'm like, okay, he's using an example here. And I'm, I'm trying to follow. I move the clock around and I have my eyes closed and I'm trying to hang the clock. And I said, I couldn't hang it when I was looking or when I was seeing and trying to line everything up. You know, previously we talked about coming in line. Well, here's a practical, practical example. So I close my eyes and I'm moving the clock around, trying to find the line it up with the nail or the screw. And I have to actually trust. I can't see. So my eyes are closed. So I actually have to trust what I'm moving, trust where I'm going. Uh, so I move the clock and I get it to a certain point And then I just hear the Lord say, press in. So I pressed in, bam, clock hangs up on the wall. And I'm like, and I did that with my eyes closed. I'm like, okay, God, now, you know, what are you saying? And he started talking about, uh, I went to the word and it started talking about grace. And then what woke me up was saying grace ignites our faith. But sometimes we are so driven on trying to see that we may overlook something, something simple that we think we can just jump on and go with and be done. But we tend to overlook fine details and we want to. And then sometimes we go from one extreme to the other. We can't see around the bend or around the corner, but we tend to overlook little things that would have a significant meaning. And where am I going with this? Um, he was saying grace ignites our faith. And the scripture that we're looking at, we're still going to be in the book of Samuel, but the scripture that we looked at and it says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you having all sufficiency in all things will be able to abound to every good work. 
And the scripture that ties in with that, it says, we're talking about being ready, ready, set, go. And we tend to think that when we're ready for something, we talked about how we have a checklist. We tend to have a checklist and say, well, I'll be ready to do that when I finish this, that, and the third. We tend to think like that. And once we get certain things checked off and things don't tend to come together as we expected, then we say, well, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I'm not ready to do that because I haven't completed this, that, and the third. But when we exercise faith, faith is something that is at work in us. The scripture says that God has given every man the measure of faith. Uh, Now, and we know the scripture says that faith without works is dead. So there has to be some work on our part when it comes to faith. But faith is the substance. Now we're going to we're going to connect this with David. Um God will sometimes allow situations to occur that we that he will cause his grace to abound in those situations just so that our faith will become activated. Sometimes we're in situations where we tend to think that, well, I can do this or I can handle that. I don't necessarily need certain things to happen. But God allows, because this trying of our faith works patience. God has a plan. And even it is so um, amazing to me that God uses David to slay Goliath. Um, if you look at it, we talked about the picture of giant versus David, David being probably about 17, 18 years old at the time, a young, young, ruddy boy. And his brothers were all older than him. When we know the story of how they were, he had eight, seven brothers. He was the eighth, the youngest of them all. And sometimes you tend to think that, well, when I get to a certain point, then I'll be ready. But we have to ask ourselves, what does ready really look like? So I'm talking about our grace. Grace, God will cause that grace to abound. And if you look at the life of David, David is anointed to be king, but he does not become king as soon as he is anointed. That doesn't happen immediately. Um, sometimes there are things that God will take us through to prepare us as he knows we need to be prepared. We tend to look at how somebody else may have done something and we say, well, They did it that way, so I'm just going to follow suit because that's safer than what we would try to do if we were going to rough cut it. If God was going to take us out and say, we're going to do it this way, we tend to say, well, nobody's ever done it that way before. But if we listen to God and we yield ourselves to God, then we can find that God has a plan and his plan is so, here comes that word again, meticulous. It is so on point that God can move one thing and cause a whole lot of things to work together. So we get back down to the battlefield in the book of first Samuel verse 24. Uh, we are back down at the battlefield. So we get down to the battlefield and verse 24 says, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from before him and they were sore afraid. Now, The thing we talked about last week was that David arrives, he gets up early, he arrives at the battlefield like his father told him, he does everything responsible that he should do, and then he draws near 
to the battlefield and trying to find out what's going on. So David, of course, he looks around and he sees all the men there. They are arrayed and ready for battle, but they are, they are afraid because they have seen Goliath. They have seen Goliath, and because they have seen this giant, then they are afraid. All of them step off, and nobody wants to answer the charge. The difference between David and the men that were there, the men that were there saw the giant, and they became afraid. David doesn't say that he saw him. David, the scripture says that he heard the words that were being said. And we know right before he hears the words, his eldest brother, Eliab, comes out and says, uh, Eliab heard that David was asking the men, what's going to happen to the man that kills this giant? What's going to happen? So they start to tell David what Saul says. And the king says that that man, in essence, will be set for life because he will take away this challenge. He will handle this challenge and take away this uh giant that keeps taunting the men of Israel. So David listens and he hears something that changes. And I said last week, this became the game changer. When Goliath spoke against the armies of God and he accused them and insulted them, but David didn't look at what Goliath said. He didn't necessarily look at Goliath at the beginning. He actually heard what Goliath said. And David said, is there not a cause? And when you find yourself in a place where you can look to God to find out what the cause of God is, this is when grace will begin to abound towards you because God will allow you to be in a situation that is designed to bring him glory. It's designed to bring him honor. But the thing that starts everything is the measure of faith that God has given each one of us. When we exercise that faith because of the situation that we're in, we can't see all the details of that situation. So we have to depend on God. When you depend on God, even in the midst of what you're going through, when you really stop to depend on him and start to depend on him and stop leaning to your own understanding about how things, how you think things should show out. God can show himself mighty in the midst of it. So David tells them, is there not a, a cause? So we know going forward, David says to Saul, um, David walks over to Saul after he understands what has happened. And he is sent for because of the words that he's saying, David is asking questions. So he is evidently talking so odd or profound that they said, well, let's take him to Saul. So verse 32 says, and David said to Saul, let no man heart, let no man's heart fail him because of Goliath. He says, thy servant will go. I will go and fight with this Philistine. And then Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. And we know he told him, you are but a youth and he's a man of war from his youth. This is where at this point, this is where grace will cause your faith to be ignited. David said to Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took out of the flock 
And I went after him and smote him and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies, not just man, but he's defied the armies of the living God. That's why it's so critical for us to take up the cause of Christ. Now, the difference in David, I'm sure that listening to David say this, many of them were like, this guy is talking about, first of all, this young boy is talking about fighting a giant and he's basing it on, he's basing it on being able to take out a lion and a bear. Now, if you could imagine if you were out on that field and you hear, first of all, if you were to see David, you imagine a 17-year-old boy, maybe 18, give or take, but he's still a young boy. So he has not lived much in comparison to the one that he's about to face, nor his older brothers. Um, he is given the task of watching the sheep. But sometimes God has a way of preparing you in his way so that he can use you to bring glory to himself. Now, the difference in David and him going and dealing with his brothers was this. David gained experience that built his faith because God caused grace to be upon David. David was, the day that he was anointed, it says the Holy Spirit also fell on David. If you look in the scripture, it says that the spirit fell on David. So David, it was not yet his time, but he was prepared. God had already anointed him. So David goes forth and he begins to share his testimony. But what he says is this. He didn't give a whole lot of credence to what he what he did himself. He said, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion. Did you get that? David didn't put his trust in himself. He said, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand. He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Sometimes when God gets you in a situation, he has already equipped you to handle more than what you think. But it is necessary for our faith to be ignited. It is necessary for something. You have to be in a situation that would allow your faith to be tested. And we know that when our faith is tried, it actually brings about patience. It actually teaches us and helps us to wait on God. Sometimes it is the difference in, we talked about David arriving at the battlefield at the right time. Sometimes there is a difference in trying to get somewhere too fast. David shows up one time, he hears the accusation, and then David draws near to the battlefield. But he shares his testimony. It's going to be what God has brought you through that's going to help you not only encounter greater things in front of you, it's going to give you the victory because if you can just hold on to what God has done for you up until this point, up until right where you are. Don't be, don't make it trivial that we've come through a pandemic. I said on the other week, if you have survived the last, if you're under the sound of my voice and you have survived the last 14, 15 months of something that we didn't even know what to expect, 
but here we are. We are here on the other side of the hardest part of it, and we're going into trying to get things back to normal. But God has brought you through, so you have survived. But at the same time, now you survived that for what reason? You have to ask yourself, God, you brought me through. We I, we lost some, we lost family, some lost friends, some lost jobs. Everything was flipped almost upside down. But you're here. You are here. David tells them, it was the Lord that delivered me out of the lion and the bear's paw. It was God that delivered me. And it is no different. When your faith is activated, when you start to believe what God is showing you and know that he has your best interest at heart and that he's going to, and he takes good care of you. When we start to realize this and our faith is activated, we will start to walk in that faith. When we walk in that faith, it's not what you see on the outside. It's not even what, because think about this. If you look at the men of war that were there ready to fight, they, all of them were supposedly trained to fight. They were the army. They were in the army. They had enlisted. They were in the army ready to fight. But because of the taunt from the enemy, from Goliath, they were all so afraid. Their skills failed them. So what I'm telling you tonight is it is not just going to be you depending on your ability or your skill set. I don't care what university you graduated from. I don't care how many degrees you have. It is not at the end of the day. It is not going to be how you think you qualify. It is not going to be what well, I think I can handle this, that and the third. And education is a beautiful thing. It is, it is, you know, education is beautiful. It's a good thing. Everybody should strive to take on that. That, that's a beautiful thing. I'm in the midst of doing it now, but God is still faithful, but don't let that distract you. Don't let that become a distraction. Say, well, now that I have my degree or now that I have this certain skill set, then I don't need to live by faith. You're still going to have to live by faith even after that. The scripture says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, out of the one of the greatest weapons that we have in our arsenal is our faith. It is a measure of faith that God has given to everyone. And trying to do the purpose of God or trying to take up the cause of God without faith is indeed an impossible task. You will fail. You might succeed in some regard, but you cannot please God without faith. You can't do it. I don't care how smart you think you are. We are not able to do that. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. The reason it is, is because they that come to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your life, but you must be dependent on him. Let him do what he is good at. So before David goes down to fight, he is, uh, Saul decides, well, if he's going to go out there, we might as well prepare him as best we can. So Saul gives David his armor. He puts it on and David uh, stands there he looks like he might be battle ready, but he is not. David says, 
and I'm going to paraphrase so we can get through the rest of the text. David says, I can't use these. I haven't tested these. I haven't tried these. You cannot allow anyone to put you in a situation that says just because they have done it a certain way that you can just dress up and do what they did. That's not going to work for you. David realized that sometimes we try to go the way that others have gone because it may have worked for them. Then we tend to say, well, God, I'm going to do it this way because that's already the path already trodden. Instead of the path, we try to choose the path of least resistance all the time. It's like, well, what can I do that will get me through it maybe faster, more efficiently, and I won't have to go through as much? So David realized that right before it would have been a quick fight had David went on the field, on the battlefield, his armor, being armored, uh, wearing something that he had not tested, probably would have got him killed. Goliath probably would have laughed at him, even him coming on the field, because he did laugh at him almost, and you would suggest that he laughed at him when he walked out on the field, because here comes this ruddy little boy out against a giant. And it is said that David, that Goliath stood the record said, the scripture says it stood over, he stood over nine feet tall, nine feet tall. And you can imagine David now, but the difference in David and, and all the other men around, David had spent some time with God and he knew what it was to have God deliver him out of what appeared to be and was an impossible or a lion of a situation or a bear of a circumstance. He knew what that meant. David knew it. And he said, David did not, when he looked out and saw the giant, he looked out and saw the ability that God could use him. He looked out and saw that the same God that delivered me, he didn't try to take credit for what God had done. He said, the God that delivered me out of the lion and the bear's paw is going to deliver me. This giant is no different. When God, when you allow God to work through you and take you through situations and circumstances that take you to another whole level, it, it exercises your faith. Your faith becomes ignited. Is it difficult? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. It might have, you might have come through a situation or a circumstance that seemed like it drained the very life out of you because it was so hard. But if that situation caused you to call out and to cry out to God and you called out to God and he answered you and he delivered you, you have now become a person that knows God through an experience. There is nothing that can be greater than getting to know God through an experience because it is that experience that gives you hope because if God took me through this then I'm sure if he brought me through that, he can surely, that's what David was saying. David was saying, this giant is no different. The same God that delivered me from the bear and the lion will deliver me from Goliath. And that's what he said. When he went out to the battlefield, he, you know, before the scripture says before in the other verses, it says that David picked up what he was accustomed to. It said that he went by the brook and he picked up five smooth stones. Now, typically, the number five denotes grace. We look at it in scripture. It denotes grace. But I dare to say and I, I was trying to figure out what God was saying to me. And he said when he said grace ignites our faith. If you look at it, grace represented by five 
But if you look at faith, F-A-I-T-H. Grace will ignite your faith so that God can do through you what he needs to do because it's God that's working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure anyway. God's going to get the glory. He, there's no way that God would have let David fail going to the battlefield when all David went for was to get there and share his testimony to say what God had done. And because God did that, when David said that the God that delivered me from the lion and from the bear will deliver me from this Philistine, he put God's reputation on the line. Everybody else is shaking in their boots. And David, the scripture says, if we look down in the other verses, when David, David, once he got the five smooth stones, his faith was already activated. He got the five smooth stones. And I told you, grace, last week, grace is not just a lucky shot. Grace is not just coincidence. Grace is intentional. Grace is on purpose. That's why God said he'll cause his grace to abound that you will have sufficiency in all things. So before David goes to stand before Goliath, he runs by the brook. He gets the five stones that he is familiar with. He's familiar with using the stones and the sling. And I tell you the same thing. Use what God has placed within you. Don't try to be like anybody else. Don't try to do it like somebody else. Use what God has placed in you. And if you don't know what that is, ask God. The scripture not only says that God will ask if you need wisdom. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives freely. God's reputation is not challenged because he tells you or he lets you in on something. So if your faith is being tried, grace, that's right, darnest, grace is on purpose. Grace serves the purpose of equipping us so that when faith is ignited, we can move forward. Let's speed ahead. David gets the stones, goes to stand before Goliath. Goliath, I could imagine, Goliath probably laughed. He was probably insulted because of all the men that could have come out. They send this little ruddy boy out. And Goliath did the same thing that the enemy is doing with you. The enemy is looking at you and underestimating you because he looks from the wrong angle. Not only does the man look, man, the Bible says man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. Goliath probably looked at David and probably said, I'm not even going to break a sweat. This is probably going to be like a snack. I'm going to take him out and it's going to be over. And then we're going to rule over Israel. If this is who they sent. See, that's what you have to look at. His taunt for the 40 days was send me a man that I may fight. So the, the bounty was still on. It, he didn't diminish that. Had Israel lost that fight that day, they would have suffered and, and the Philistines would have overtook them because that was on the line. So David, he, he, Goliath underestimates David, but David overestimate. David looks at, at Goliath just like he was seeing a lion or a bear. The same God that delivered me from them is going to deliver me from you. And faith builds you up to the point. When grace truly abounds and faith builds you up to the point, David not only told Goliath that he was going to kill him, he said, I'm going to cut your head off. 
that wasn't David talking and it wasn't pride. It was because, see, had he only smote him, and just like the scripture says, David, once he got the stones and the sling and his shepherd's bag, the scripture says he put off, when he put off what uh, Saul had given him, when he put off what Saul had given him, he took up his staff, what he was familiar with. Thy rod and your staff comforts me. So David wasn't worried because he was standing before Goliath because the, the spirit of God was comforting him. So he was comforted by the presence of God, ready to face and do the will of God. He took his staff in his hand to five smooth stones and he drew near to the Philistine. The story ends with David slinging the stone, hitting Goliath point blank in the skull to smite him. He's not dead yet, though. He could have probably, he smote him, but he was probably in close to death. But because David had said, I'm going to finish this, he didn't have a sword, but he took the enemy's sword. Some of the same tactics that the enemy has tried against you, God is going to use that to bring him glory. He's going to use that to bring to an end some things that have taunted you. God's going to use that. David uses Goliath's sword to cut off his head. He wins the battle for Israel. And then the prophet goes to get David. The servant goes to get David to take him. David is so, <laughs> he is so excited about what God has done through him that he is carrying, he is carrying the head of Goliath when he goes to see Saul. Proof that God has done through him. And sometimes God will have you in a situation where you may be standing before the one in victory that you're going to replace. David was going to replace Saul. David was going to replace Saul. So some of the situations that you're in, excuse me, God has you there for a specific purpose. Let grace ignite your faith. When you're in a situation and you don't know, excuse me, when you don't know what to do, lean on God, trust in him. The same God that brought you through something that you didn't think you were going to make it through is able to sustain you and take you to where he needs you to be. If he brought you out of one situation, if you were jobless and he blessed you with a job before he can do it again. Whatever you need God to do, you have the faith. All you have to do is exercise that faith because you can't do his will without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But they that know their God, David knew his God to the point. They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. If this word has been an encouragement to you, then keep seeking after God. Keep seeking after him. He is no respected person. What he has done for others, he will indeed do for you. I pray that this word has been an encouragement to you, something to hold you over and to help you get through what you're dealing with. God is faithful. The scriptures cannot be broken and his word cannot return unto him void. If he has spoken it, it will be done. So get ready. On your mark, get ready, set, and we're going forward in God. God bless you.